Praise the Lord, COH family. I am excited to be able to share this word with you today. And today I want to share with you from Numbers, the 26th chapter. Numbers, the 26th chapter, looking at the first verse. If you'll go with me, it reads as thus. After the plague, the Lord said to Moses and Eleazar, son of Aaron, the priest, take a census of the Israelite community by families, all those 20 years old or more who are able to serve in the army of Israel. So on the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho, Moses and Eleazar, the priests, spoke with them and said, Take a census of the men twenty years old or more, as the Lord commanded Moses. Then if you would go with me down to verse 51 of that same chapter, uh, Numbers 26, verse 51. The total number of the men of Israel was 601,730. The Lord said to Moses, the land is to be allotted to them as an inheritance based on the number of names. To a larger group, give a larger inheritance, and to a smaller group, a smaller one. Each is to receive its inheritance according to the number of those listed. My brothers and my sisters, I ask you to join me in a word of prayer. I want to share on the thought today uh, in this uh, 20th of September of 2020, I want to share on the thought, stand up and be counted. Stand up and be counted. Let us pray. God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your power. Now, God, connect them all and help somebody today. Save, heal, deliver, set the captive free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Stand up and be counted. Now, I know that you all know that uh, today at Community of Hope, we have been calling this You Count Day, uh, that we've been dealing with and encouraging everyone to take part in the census, that the census on the last day to be able to fill out your census form. The United States is on September the 30th, and we talk about the fact that the need for you to get connected to the census. The census is a count that is usually done uh, by governments uh, to be able to see and check the population, and it's used for representation here in the United States. It is used in such a way uh, that we uh, decide how our legislatures, uh, uh, that we decide representation by it. We also uh, decide some other things by it, and mostly it's about resources. And so I, I encourage you all uh, to make sure uh, to sign up um, and get yourself connected to the census. If you need to right now, uh, the, if you go to 474-747, if you text uh, the words 2020 census to the number 474-747, 474 747 text the number 2020 census and it will send you the link right there and you can fill out your census right there it takes about 10 minutes it's not that hard but make sure if you haven't filled out your census to fill out your census but the biggest thing about uh, filling out a census is making sure that you stand up and are counted and today I want to talk to you about what it means to stand up and be counted other uh, the census is not just something that happens right now but we look in the Old Testament uh, that we find that Moses was told by God 
God to take a census in Numbers, the 26th chapter, and take account of the children of Israel. Uh, you all know the children of Israel, the children of Israel who had been uh, enslaved by the Egyptians, the children of Israel who had escaped that slavery and got to the verge of the promised land, uh, but did not have the heart, the courage to be able to take what God had already said was theirs. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and here we find them uh, towards the end of that wandering on the verge of the promised land, and God tells Moses uh, to do a census, to have a count, to take account, to take account of every tribe, to take account of every clan, to take account of all of the folks, because God wants them to do a census. Now, there are a few things I believe that we can learn as we stand up to be counted uh, by God talking to Moses and, and some of the things the children of Israel learn uh, in this time uh, of being counted. Uh, one of the first things I believe you can learn is that a census is a time in which you reflect on where you've been. A census is a time you reflect on where you've been that uh, any time you're counting and doing a count of kind of, uh, of how many people you have, it also causes you to reflect on uh, how that connects to and relates to uh, how much it was at the last count. And oftentimes you'll see that either um, a community has grown from the last count, a community um, has shifted from the last count and has gotten smaller from the last count. And what happens is as you're doing the current count, it causes you to reflect upon what has been happening in that community and the time between the current count and the last count. I don't think there should ever be um, a, a census done in the United States that is not a period of reflection. And I don't just mean a period of reflection to the last census, but in the United States when we do a census uh, that we have to reflect all the way back to 1787. That's right, when we do a census we need to reflect back to the Constitutional Convention, the U.S. Constitutional Convention in 1787 um, in which they were shaping the very fabric and the government and the Constitution of this United States uh, because it was at that constitutional convention uh, that they made some compromises and one of the things you see uh, what you would see is you had uh, states that had a lot of people in them and states that didn't have that many people in them. you had states that were slave owning states and states that were uh, states that didn't own slaves you had states that were in the north and states that were in the south and everybody was trying to work this power dynamic and there was this power struggle and everybody was trying to make sure in this new government that they had the leg up, they had the most power, they had the most representation. And so states that didn't have that many folks in their state uh, wanted uh, there to be equal representation in government and every state got the same amount of people at the table. But states who had a whole lot of people said, no, we got way more people than you, so we should have way more people at the table. And so one of the first kind of uh, 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 things that they did uh, uh, was that they shaped what was called now the bicameral legislation. And, and what that is is that we've got the Senate and in the Senate every state has the same amount of senators every state has the same amount of representation but then we have the House of Representatives and that therefore is shaped by a proportional representative structure in which you look at uh, what the population of a region is a state is to determine how many representatives they get in the House of Representatives and it was interesting because what you watched was uh, that you had the northern states you had 
the southern states, you had the slave-owning states who said, all right, well, as we are shaping and talking about what the population is, if the population is going to dictate how many people that we have in the office, then we want all of those who are in our state to count. Now, I want you to remember that in the slave-owning states that you had slaves that were there, but they wanted the slaves to count as well. Now, isn't it interesting that they didn't want the slaves to count as humans? They, they felt that the slaves were property, but when it came to their power, they wanted the slaves' numbers to count for them. And, and that's how a very interesting thing. They didn't want the slaves to have any kind of authority, didn't want them to have any kind of a space. They were considered property, and they could do with what they wanted. But when it came to a trying to be able to see who could be in power, that you watch them navigate, because they get real tricky when it comes to power, y'all. They get real tricky with the numbers when it comes to power in this United States of America. They get real tricky. And so what happened was that you found this battle between uh, those that were non-slave-owning states and those that were slave-owning states. And non-slave-owning states didn't want the slaves to count, uh, not necessarily just because uh, they didn't think the slavery was good, but they didn't want those numbers to count so that the slave-owning states had more representation. And they came to what we call the three-fifths compromise. And the three-fifths compromise said uh, that in the slave-owning states and in all states uh, that what would happen is uh, that all free people would be counted and then anybody that wasn't free, any other person would be counted as three-fifths. And so that was how they were able to total up the amount of enslaved folks in the slave-owning states and then count them as three-fifths and be able to then have a greater amount of representation in the Congress. The folks get real tricky. You see, you can't understand the current census until you understand how they worked the numbers in the previous time. Uh, because then when you start to see them playing with numbers and you start to see them playing with the census, you understand it's the same kind of games. And so uh, when the pandemic came up, what you saw was uh, that the government said that we need to give more time for the census so that it can be counted uh, because of social distancing. And, and that made sense. And so therefore they said that the census uh, would be able to go and the count would go until October 31st. Uh, but the beginning of August, all of a sudden now nothing has changed because we still got the same kind of numbers. We actually have worse numbers in this nation as far as the pandemic is concerned uh, than we had in April. Uh, but yet, here we go in August, all of a sudden they said, no, nah, we're not going to wait until the end of October the 31st. Uh, but, 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 the, but, but, but the deadline for the census is now going to be September the 30th. Uh, you, you've got to watch who's in power and who's trying to stay in power by how they work with those numbers and how they flip that stuff because the, the numbers game has been what they've been playing all along. But if you don't think that's it, we're heartbroken at the passing of Justice Ginsburg. Uh, but y'all better watch out how they shape these conversations uh, because they're already talking about, Mitch becomes already talking about how they're going to have a vote in the Senate and how they're going to present her, uh, how they're going to try to be able to present her replacement before the election comes up. Uh, but when Justice Scalia passed uh, in 2016 and he passed in February, the Republican Party said uh, that the, the American people needed to decide and they would not let a, a replacement be brought up and nominated uh, until the election had happened months and months later. Uh, but now they're trying to tell us that uh, Justice Ginsburg passes uh, and voting is already happening in some states and they're trying to tell us that in a month that they're going to be able to put her up, put up the replacement because it's all about the power. See, uh, when the numbers were working against them, all of a sudden Republicans were saying uh, that no, no, Justice Scalia's passed and you've got to wait uh, for, for over nine months to be able to figure out who we're going to put in that place. Uh, but
Richard Ginsburg passes, and now all of a sudden you got to get somebody in there in less than a month because it's all you've got to reflect on where you've been. And and my brothers and my sisters, when you look at the children of Israel, that they realize that they had been in the midst of a failure and not being able to get into the promised land. They had been wandered in the wilderness for forty years. They had had a scandal, and then they had had a plague. And in the midst of it all, that here they find themselves and God is telling them to count themselves and God's telling them to count themselves because they're on the brink of something. And so the first thing you've got to understand is that the census when it's time to stand up and be counted, it causes you to reflect on who you've been and where you've been. But the second thing is it causes you to reflect on what God's done. And the thing that I love about looking back over what you've done and where you've been is that in the midst of it all, you're able to see that God's been right there with you. And if you look at the children of Israel, the children of Israel had to sit at this time of census and realize that the previous census they had had was 38 years before. It was 38 years before, and they were on the verge of the promised land, on the verge of the promise. But then they had one of their greatest failures. They had one of their greatest failures in which uh, they did not have what it took to occupy all that God had for them. They did not go into the promised land, and then they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and then right before God has them do this census, they end up in a plague because they end up with a scandal. They end up with a scandal because they've started to worship other gods. They've started to line themselves up with the Moabite gods. And, and, and a plague comes, and, and then the, the plague is dealt with, and now they find themselves at this census. Let me help you here. It, what blows my mind about any time that you find yourself dealing with failure, dealing with a wilderness, dealing with scandal, is it is it a rough season, a wilderness season can often cause you to get restless. I don't know about you all, but right now, one of the major issues about this pandemic is trying to keep focus and not getting restless. Because what I've learned is when you get restless, you often get reckless. That When you get restless, when you get tired of doing what's right, when you get tired of sitting up in the house, when you get tired of social distancing, when you get tired of not being able to go where you want to go, how you want to go, when you want to go. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't get restless. I'm saying that restlessness is a natural part of things, but you've got to make sure that your restlessness does not turn into recklessness. Uh, because when you're restless, you can become reckless, and that's when you can put yourself in danger. And the children of Israel were sitting there in the wilderness. They've been wandering in the wilderness for almost 40 years, and here they find themselves getting restless, and it causes them to be reckless, and they start worshiping other gods. They start getting with Moabites, and they start worshiping their gods. They start lining up with their gods. They start uh, putting their gods first and they start uh, associating with other gods. And the thing that's amazing to me and the challenge about the wilderness and being restless in the wilderness is it can cause you to forget all this happening for you. You can get so caught up focusing on the wilderness that you can forget about the one that's been in the wilderness with you the whole time. That here you've got the children of Israel and they've been wandering in the wilderness, my God. But every day a Food has been falling from heaven, that man has been falling for, that God's been providing for them day after day after day. But they sit and they forgot that God's been providing in the wilderness and they get restless and they sin. How do you serve other gods when God has been right there with you, taking care of you? That God, that you need water and there's no water around, and God will tell Moses to smack a, a stick on a rock and water will come out. That God 
God has, has been providing in such a way that you've been wearing the same clothes for 40 years and the clothes have not ripped and the clothes have not worn down. Somebody knows what I'm talking about that I know it's been a wilderness season for you, but God's been taking care of you. I know it's been a rough season for you, but God's been making ways for you that in April you didn't know how a way was going to be made, but somehow, some way, all these months later that you're still here and you're still standing because God's been making a way. Don't you allow yourself to get so caught up in the wilderness that you get restless and you get reckless and you forget about the God that's been a presence for you day in and day out, a God that's been making ways for you day in and day out, a God that's been providing for you day in and day out. You've got to reflect, Lord have mercy, on what God has done. But then the third thing that I'm about of here is that once you reflect on where you've been and who you've been, and once you reflect on what God's done, then you've got to expect a season of renewal. I said expect a season of renewal. One of the hardest things to do when you've had a failure, when you've been in the wilderness, when you've fallen off and had a scandal, when you've been through a plague, one of the hardest things to do is expect or have a sense of expectation. But that's how God works, and it's an amazing thing to me. That sometimes it can be after your worst seasons, it can be after your worst periods, it can be after your worst failures, it can be after you've been going through the worst hell you've ever gone through. That that's the time to have a sense of expectation that God is up to something. That here they are, that they were failures. Here they are, they've been wandering in the wilderness. Here they are, they fell off, they got restless and they got reckless and worshipped other gods. Here they are they went through a plague and 20 something thousand people died and in the middle of it all God tells Moses to go and count the people because God knows that God is about to do something in their lives that they don't have a clue they've been wandering so long but they don't really realize what they're on the verge of and they don't realize what they're on the edge of and I've come by like a modern-day Moses uh, to tell the people a community of hope and whoever's watching me that God told me to tell you to stand up and be counted that God told me to tell you uh, that now God has taken a Holy Ghost census of who's gonna stand on the Lord side, that God's taking a Holy Ghost census of who's going to stand for righteousness. God's taking a Holy Ghost census of who's going to stand for justice. God's taking a Holy Ghost census of who's going to stand for their family. And God's saying that I need to count who's on my side because I'm about to take you to where you've never been. I'm about to take you to a land that you've never seen. I'm about to take you to some places that I've already prepared for you. I've already laid them out for you. I'm about to, I'm about to take you to where you've never seen that, that, that you've got to stand up and be counted. And, and God told Moses to look, uh, that I've got a land that is going to be allotted by number of names. And, and God said to the larger groups, I'm going to give a larger inheritance. And to the smaller groups, I'm going to give a smaller one. That's the reason if I was you, I'd find me some folks who love the Lord. If I was you, I'd find me some folks who trying to serve God. If I was you, I'd hold on to some folks. Because 
if you look, when they were taking this new census, there were some groups that were smaller when they were right now than when they came into the wilderness. Because they didn't have no wilderness staying power. But I need to find somebody with me who can make it through a wilderness and still serve God. Who can make it through a wilderness and still give God the glory. Who can make it through a wilderness and still keep their hand in the hand of the Lord. Because if you can do like that, then you'll understand that when I look back over where we were at the last census, I'm not talking about the children of Israel 38 years since their census. I'm talking about us 10 years ago at our census 10 years ago. There was a black man and a black woman, a black grandmama, two black baby girls, and even a black dog in the White House. 10 years ago, everything seemed to be going so well, but it seems like we've been in the wilderness for a while. But I've come by to let you know, don't you get weary, because God's been with us in the wilderness, and the same God that's been with us in the wilderness will take us to the promised land. You've got to stand up and be counted and watch what God's about to do. I told you all at the beginning of this year, this is the upgrade decade. I know it's been a rough year, but the decade ain't over yet. I know it's been a hard year, but God's been upgrading a lot of us even right here in the middle of this crazy year. But I've come by to let you know uh, that I know it's been rough, uh, but victory is right in front of us. I know it's been hard, uh, but victory is right in front of us. I know uh, it, 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 it's been crushing, uh, but I've come by to let you know the promised land uh, is in our sight. Uh, all we've got to do uh, is stand up uh, and be counted. Uh, stand up in the school system. Uh, and be counted to make a way for your children. Stand up on your job and be counted to make a way for your community. Stand up in your community and be counted in such a way that our communities are better because you're there. Stand up and be counted and watch what the Lord, God have mercy Jesus, is about to do. Community of Hope family, this is a new season. It's a new day, and I believe we're on the verge of something great. But in order to get there, we have to stand up. The people of God have to stand up and be counted. Been missing too long. We've been allowing other folks to lay out the gospel, and really it's white supremacy been allowing other folks to act like they hold on to all that is Christianity when really it's a power struggle and a power grab. And it connects back uh, to the Constitutional Convention of 1787 in which they didn't even feel that we were fully human. And that only three-fifths of, it's, it's a power grab and it's a power religion and it's a white supremacist religion. But I've come by to say it's time for the people of God to stand up on righteousness and to make a difference in this nation and a difference in this world. And I pray that you'll join me. Look, if you've never accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, today is your day and this is your moment. This is the time for you to get right with God. This is the time for God to make all the difference, all the change in your life. If you've never accepted Christ, uh, that today we want to offer him to you. Uh, that, uh, we say it every Sunday, a community of hope, we're the community of hope where everyone has a chance. Everyone has a chance. In other words, everyone counts. 
We don't care who you are, what you've done, or who you did it with. Don't care if you did it last night, woke up doing it this morning. When you get here, you're in the right place. When you connect with us, you're in the right place. When you watch us online, you're in the right place at the right time to become all that God has called you to become. And we believe that God's got a blessing with your name slam on it. So if you've never accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, we want to give you that opportunity today. The Bible says uh, that God loved the world so much that he gave his son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Also goes on to say that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Today is your day to turn your life over and give your heart to Christ. If that's you, I want you to just do two things. One, I'm going to pray with you, but uh, two, I want you uh, to either be able to text right there. There's a link that's going to come up in the chat room, or you can just dial, you can just text the words hope decision, hope decision all together, hope decision, and text that to 474 747. 474 is going to come up on your screen, 747, and just type hope decision, and a link will come right there to you asking you about your decision, decision, allowing us to get further information from you. But if you've decided to make Jesus your choice, or if you need a church home and you want to make the community of hope your church home, or you want to rededicate your faith, or you want a word of prayer, hit us up. Uh, hope Decision. Text it, Hope Decision, to 474-747, and we'll be able to connect with you. Or just click on the link they're putting right there, uh, in the chat room right now, and we want to connect with you. Look, I want to pray with you, but I want you to repeat this prayer after me. It's my words, but it'll be your faith. If you're deciding either to give your life to Christ or uh, to make this your church home or to rededicate your faith or even just you seeking prayer, uh, just repeat this prayer after me. Say, God, I thank you for Jesus who died for me and you raised from the dead that I could be saved. Please forgive me for my sins. I don't want to live that way anymore. And right now, I ask Jesus to come into my heart and be in control of my life. I want to live the way you want me to live and be the person that you've called me to be. So I thank you that I'm saved in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, my brothers and my sisters. If you just made that decision for yourself, whether it was to give your life to Christ or whether it was to join this church or to rededicate your faith or even just if you want us to pray for you, uh, just text HOPE DECISION to 474-747. 474-747. One long word, HOPE DECISION, 474 747. Now look, if you haven't been able to give yet, there's still time for you to be able to give. Don't y'all forget that we do have groceries at 10 o'clock, 10 to 12 uh, at Iverson Mall. Groceries, my goodness, we got groceries uh, that we got, uh, Henry Soul Food Cafe meals uh, that we got, uh, cheesecakes from the Furlough Sisters. I mean, it's going to be all of that in a bag of chips. And don't you forget uh, that y'all make sure to fill out your census. You ain't filled out your census. Type 2020 Census to 474-747. Y'all heard me. 2020 Census to 474-747. Now look, you still got time to give. Dollar sign, give so, COH to the Cash App. 
Givelify app, uh, uh, the um, you can be able to give um, on the website as well as you can text to give. Any of that, and we'll be blessed to have you give. And right now, I just want to pray a prayer over you as we move forward in this week. Expect God to do something. I'm believing it, but we need you to stand up and be counted. God, in Jesus' name, we thank you and we're grateful. Grateful for your hand and your power, your grace and your love. Now may the grace of God, the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide now, henceforth, and forever among these your people. In other words, God, may you walk with us, may you talk with us, may you live in us that we can live for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless y'all. Have a blessed week. Have a wonderful one.